Welcome to the podcast series, Interest Rates with Mates, with Colin, Todd, Sean, and Karen. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. Good morning. Karen, welcome to the team. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here. Super exciting. Nice to be here. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about what your background is, where you've come from. Tell me, tell us more. Okay. Well, I've been around for a long, long time as Victoria's first female broker back in 97. Wow. Um, I actually noticed that on your email signature. Just mentioned that last week. That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I've had a few different roles in the industry. I've trained a lot of brokers, um, done a bit of business development with groups like Plan, Choice, yeah, quite a long resume. You would have seen a few uh, client uh, relationships over the last 25 years, 26 years. Absolutely. Probably would have seen a few changes as well. I was just about to say, like, first female broker, first female Victorian broker in 1997, that just goes to show how young the industry is, doesn't it? Like, mm. what, a, what a young industry. 26 years ago. Yeah. Wow. You know, so, I mean, I started in the industry in 2004, and I can tell you, like, the amount of changes that we've had uh, to our, you know, to, to the whole broking model, really, the yeah. whole broking industry. Like, I mean, you would have seen so many more changes too because I know there was like, quite a few changes at the start. Especially there, so. market share. Like, I knew market share had, is, is increasing year on year. I still remember yeah. when it sort of crept over 50% and I think now we're up at like the high 60s, almost 70%. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it would have been a very different landscape back then. Yeah. I exactly. imagine. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. So in terms of uh, did you go straight into broking? Did you start off – and banking, how did you get into broking? I'd been doing tax preparation with H&R Block. Okay. So I have a passion for working with investors, to be honest. There you go. That's good. <laughs> um, so I used a mortgage broker to help me because I'd sold a house, bought another 30-day settlement, and all the banks said, no, we can't do that. We've gone, oh, what do we do now? It's quite common, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is a common. Uh, Clients going to banks directly, and then um, them not being able to do it, and then that's when they come to us. Exactly. So the broker we used was impressed with the amount of information I'd retained from all my research, and offered me a job. So here I am. Here you are. So lots of experience, uh, and obviously you're living on the on the Sunshine Coast now. So yes. Um, so moved up. How long ago did you move up from Victoria? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. And Great. loving it. Good stuff. <laughs> We've just had the best winter. Excellent. Um, well, I know uh, we, uh, we you know, couldn't wait for you to start. Um, it's your second week. Yes. And, uh, and already uh, obviously chatting to a lot of our clients about, uh, you know, their finance goals and, and how you can help and, and whatnot. And um, I know from myself and, and, and Todd and Sean and the rest of the team, we wish you all the best successes uh, within, uh, within the group. Thank you very much. So we're going to touch on a few things today in addition to welcoming Karen. Um, the first one I'd just like to touch on is cashbacks. Um, there's still a couple out there. Who knows when they're going to end? Hasn't that changed quite a lot this year? Like yeah, cashbacks nearly every lender offering <laughs> cashbacks and now we've got, uh, how many have we got now? Like three or four lenders four, maybe? Yeah, and yeah. the max you can get now, what's like two, two, two or three thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Uh, so, and I reckon they'll phase out over the next sort of, you know, three to four months as well as we come into uh, the festive season. I think banks have um, started to focus on pricing. I've just seen another email from a different lender um, on different loan-to-value ratio mm. um, price points, which I think it's 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 how it's meant to be. Yeah. 
um, doing an incentive for money. Yeah, it was good, you know, during COVID and things, but I think that's sort of starting to slip away. And, you know, the actual focus should be on what equity do you have in your property yep. and you get rewarded for that. Yeah, And good, like just low long-term rates, like yep. cashback's a short-term thing, like 100%. cash is there, it's great for the first six, 12 months, but then you're going to end up refinancing and, and looking elsewhere. Like it just keeps you churning your loan because you realise your rate's not that good. Yes, the cash was great, but the interest rate's not that great. So, you know, over the long term. Um, but yeah, ultimately low variable rates or fixed rates, whatever you choose. Mm. Um, but yeah, long-term, long-term strategy. Mm. It's a good point, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, like a customer getting a, a three or $4,000 cash back um, and a lot of those lenders were the major lenders as well. And I mean, you know, we can all say what the major lenders, you know, did over the last sort of three or four months is moving their rates out of cycle, mm, you know. Yeah. So, and they're not that competitive at the moment. Uh, a lot of the banks being the majors and even, you know, non-bank, second-tier lenders, et cetera, with repricing existing clients at the moment as well, you know, you're nearly better off moving lenders uh, to be a new customer to the next lender uh, to get a better rate. So it's a really interesting cycle that we're going through at the moment. I think the average that they say that you refinance is every five years, five to seven years? Five to seven years, yeah. Yep. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if that's lowered over the last few years because I feel like clients have been refinancing a lot quicker than that lately. Agreed. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think think every two to three years would be the most, I think, at the moment. So we had clients that were refinancing every 12 months (laughs) to get a cash back, which (laughs) – um, you know, and that was what those cashbacks mm. enticed ourselves to do. Wasn't I've, it? I've got a friend that's done that. I've, I've ended up having to refinance his loan. He's always obviously driving it, but yeah, he's on, every twelve months he's on to me. He's <laughs> like, "Let's refinance, get another cashback." Yeah. But people didn't realise they were going to lose half of it in fees anyway. By that's the right. time you pay the government fees yeah. and the bank's discharge fees, you end up losing half of it. Yeah, but yeah. when they're offering you four or five grand, like it's. It's easy money for someone, you know. Some lenders are doing. If you had three or four different properties yeah. as well, like you could get. It's I easy mean, money. Yeah. The best I had was nine thousand know, for a customer. Yeah. So, um, you know, so like you can. I mean, look, cashbacks were were there for a reason. They were there for a purpose. Uh, obviously, the banks. Um, it was all about attracting new customers to the bank, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. about losing existing customers. In fact, they were nearly happy to, to let existing customers go. Yeah, it, they know, and that was the the craziness of the whole the whole cycle. Yeah, I'm glad they put it back in the control bar because it definitely got out of control. Yeah, totally. Uh, senior credit managers. So, just touching on the fact that we've got access to quite a few senior credit managers. They're with, good friends of ours. They are. They're very okay. good friends. Um, with different lenders. So, the idea being that is um, before we submit an application, we can actually run through the scenario through email or phone, get them to actually understand the deal, what we're trying to do, and they can go, "Yep, I'm happy with that." And they'll give us either approval code or a confirmation email, and then that's when we can attach that to the application. Now. This can save quite a bit of time because if you're submitting an application and then getting it to the senior credit manager and then, you know, we haven't had the chance to explain that scenario, they're going to go, it's not for us. Let's talk about that a bit, a bit more in detail because we've got a lot of relationships with a lot of lenders. I mean, how many lenders are in our panel? 60. 60 plus. Oh, yep. um, look, there, there's a lot of them, okay? Um, but the relationships with some lenders, uh, I mean, look, the relationships are good with most lenders, but um, I think there's there's probably ten to fifteen lenders that probably set uh, themselves apart from the other lenders. In some, terms of their relationship. some better than others, aren't they? Yeah, like, look, yeah. honestly, you know, and that's not throwing any other lenders under the bus. We're not yeah. going to name names, but but I think it's really important for us as a you know as um, you know a big brokerage, um, uh, especially on the Sunshine Coast, but through Queensland, to have the support that we do have from lenders, because uh, if we didn't have that that support, it makes it very hard to get deals done. Yes. 
uh, especially those deals that are outside the box. And let's face it, I mean, we're going through a cycle at the moment where it's a little bit tougher to get deals done. Um, but having good lender partners, good relationships with our, um, our, our BDMs, which is our business development managers, we've been getting deals done that normally maybe wouldn't have got done if we just had it plugged it in the, the system and uh, you know just held our breath. Um, it would have been declined. So I think it's really important that that we um, that we highlight just those relationships that that we've got, um, which you know allows us to get to get more deals done. Business debt liabilities. Todd, you had a good win last week. Yeah, I've had a few good wins lately. Um, like another one, like you were just saying, Cole, like about how instead of just submitting and hoping for the best, um, like certain little bank policies don't always make common sense at certain times of year, certain times in the year. Um, like, you know, trying to utilise overtime now when we don't have three months year to date on a payslip, obviously we always go back to last year's earnings. However, if they've had a, a pay rise recently, a lot of banks' policy sort of stipulates that you look at what they earned last year and then we can utilise the overtime from that. But if they've just had a pay rise, we should be able to use the, the higher base plus all that overtime they used last year. I recently had a scenario where we like servicing was tight, however, great deposit, everything else, and we needed the bank to see it as it is and use the actual overtime figure, not just the gross income from last year. Anyway, I ended up having... The, the assessor, it made so much sense. The assessor wouldn't buy it. Um, and I actually had to go to a senior credit manager after the fact. But yeah, as soon as I spoke to the senior credit manager, within five minutes, he was like, yeah, that's that's a deal. That makes sense. Approved it. Um, so sometimes like the assessors are just like, no, that doesn't fit my textbook. Yeah. However, you go to a senior credit manager who we have great relationships with yep. and explain the situation and yeah, they happily overturn it and, and approve it. Um, but yeah, with regards to the tax debt, so um, some lenders will ignore company liabilities, so business loans, vehicle loans, things like that, when they're when the when the business is set up in a company structure, and obviously the business liabilities in the company name. However, we've recently I recently had a win last week um, where this client was operating as a sole trader. Now, when you're a sole trader, obviously the debt is in your personal name. You're the entity, you're the sole trader. Um, so pretty much every lender will will want to expense that liability under the client's personal balance sheet as an ongoing liability. However, yeah, in this particular deal, servicing yeah, wasn't quite met under that structure. Um, and yeah, we ended up going to a lender who was happy to ignore the business debt, um, even though the client was operating as a sole trader. Um, so yeah, it was a really good win. Obviously, yeah, couldn't make that work anywhere else. Um, the client had been told no by a number of other lenders. Um, but yeah, a little bit of research on our part and you know, putting our heads together, all the, all the knowledge that we have, all the years of experience, um, we were able to get a really good outcome for the customer. And that just comes back to the 60 lenders on our panel and trying to place that person somewhere where it suits. Yeah, and I'll just also add to we didn't go to a, a non-conforming lender who charged them a exorbitant interest rate this was a mainstream lender mm. a rate you know well under six percent variable rate so um which is you know which is good in the current market it might seem like it's high but um yeah it's actually yeah it was, it was a market leading rate it's a great outcome for yeah, yeah really so, good. and uh, just talk about the experience there because i mean with karen now joining i mean victoria's first female 
<laughs> we'll just highlight that again. Um, and, you know, we Sean, myself, Todd. Um, I mean, you know, we've got Jackie in our, in our settlements. Um, Courtney, there's a lot of experience yeah. in this team. I mean, there'd be 100-plus years' experience, yeah, I think, easy. in this team. Easy. Um, you know, so – and I think it's really important to highlight that because, again, the relationships that we've got with our lenders um, and the experience that we've got, uh, couple all that together um, and we can get deals done. Absolutely. All right. Just quickly. RBA. Cole. Not moving. Karen. Not moving. Todd. Pause. Yeah, pause sounds better than not moving. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, the, yeah, yeah. I was a bit on the fence up until last week's CPI data that came out last Wednesday. Looked pretty yep. good, um, doesn't it? And I think that just cemented and yep. just helped the cause for for another help the cause for another pause. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's it's no just, need for another uh, you know, no, another increase. In there's not. No, no. no, I reckon it'll pause now for the rest of the year. Um, you heard it. You heard it here first. Heard it here first, Cole, and I reckon we. I don't know. Like I still think there'll be a rate cut before Christmas. I'm just saying that. But, <laughs> oh, um, that's a big call. <laughs> it's a big call, but um, I still think there's got to be something before Christmas. But oh, anyway, we'll Pos- positive thinking. I like yep. it. Mm. All right. Shall, we shall see what tomorrow plays out. And Karen, welcome again. Welcome aboard. Welcome. Thank you. Very and much. Uh, we, we do these every Monday. So yeah, we'll Look see you next Monday. See you next Monday. All right. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. All of these episodes are available to download for free wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care.